his God. And guess what? When you make a mistake, he's still your God. When you make a mess, he's still your God. When you fall, he's still your God. Though a good man fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Guess whose hand is reaching? For the hand of the Lord. When I fall, I shall arise. And the Lord shall, who's going, the Lord's going to be a light. Let me tell you, don't forget that you've got a God. Hey, he's the Savior of all men, but he's the Savior of you. He's the King of kings, but he's your King. He's the Lord of lords, but he's your Lord. He's the healer of all our diseases. He's your healer too. There was one man, got a little, you know, he tried to do some things that the apostles were doing. He said, I'm going to start casting out some devils. Like they doing. So they didn't even know their God. He just heard that name. So he said, I command you by Jesus who Paul preaches. Come out. And the devil said, well, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. And whooped them guys and left them, made them run out. It was a very embarrassing situation. But we don't have to be embarrassed. Because he's our God. I know in whom I have believed. David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. Hey, wait a minute. I remember standing up in front of Saul when he said, you can't go fight that giant. Oh, wait a second. Let me tell you about God. He delivered a lion and delivered a bear. And this Philistine won't be any different. I'm going to take his head off his body today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you what my God can do. And so David, in the middle of all this weeping and moaning and grinding, they're picking up rocks. They're ready to stone him. They're ready to, to, to kill their king because everybody's so out of sorts. But David, in the middle of the ashes, he said, here's the solution. We've got to remember that God has kept us this far. That God didn't bring me this far to let me be taken out. Oh, no. God didn't bring me this far to let me just be destitute and desolate and not have anything. God, God didn't do that. So I remember a God who, who delivered Goliath. I remember a God who has kept me from the hand of Saul. I remember my God. He's your God today. I said, he's your God today. He's your God today. Your God is more than enough. He's going to supply all of your need. You say, well, he's doing it for everybody else. He's your God too. And he'll do it for you. There's something coming out of the ashes. There's victory coming out of those ashes. God is going to do something great. Jesus is your God. And there is still nothing too hard, impossible, or out of reach for him. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, the thief comes. Not before these three things, either to steal, kill, and destroy. Sometimes he'll do all three. But whichever one he can do, I'll steal it, I'll destroy it. And that's what had happened in David's day. That enemy had come in while David wasn't looking. He'd come in while they, had, they, they didn't think. Maybe David thought, nobody's going to come in our town. They, knows who, they know whose town this is. But the enemy don't care. He will attack you and attack you and attack you. But Jesus said, let the enemy do his worst. Let him steal, let him kill, let him destroy. After he's done, I am come. The thief is coming, but I am come. I'm already here. He's coming, but I'm already here. I preached this not too long ago, but the Lord just 
made that stand out. He, the thief is coming. You might have some days where you ain't bothered by him at all. But he's coming. And when he comes, he's got one of three things to do. Steal, kill, or destroy. But Jesus said, I am come. I'm going to be right there, right beside you. I'm going to be a very present help in time of trouble. I'm going to be right there where you need me. I'm your friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'm your help, a very present help. I, that's who I am. I am a strong tower that you can run into and be safe. And he, he said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I've come to make sure that this don't take them out. It might be bad and it might be nothing left but a pile of ashes, but I've come to make sure they know this ain't the end. I'm telling you what we've... I have and you have stood and wept and cried over things lost with the hand of the Lord around our shoulders saying, don't worry, this ain't the end. We have watched terrible things happen and cried and wept over it and got down on our face and felt the hand of the Lord touch us saying, don't worry, child, this ain't over. We've been rocked in the middle of a storm and thought, surely this will take me out and heard the sweet voice of the Lord say, peace be still. Let me tell you, I got a God that's with me and he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, but I will be with you until the end of the world. When it looks like there ain't nothing left but ashes, honey, Get ready, something's coming out of the ashes. The testimony of Jesus is found in in Isaiah 61. He stood in the temple while he walked this earth and read this scripture and told them, he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And so I'm just going to tell you today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. Let me tell you, the Bible says that preaching of the word will bring faith. When we hear it, he said, how can they hear without a preacher? And let me tell you today, I'm glad to preach a good word to you today. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. You ain't got to fight. The Lord said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. God's going to take care of your situation for you to comfort all that mourn, all that mourn, to appoint them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for I wish somebody would read that real loud. To give them beauty for... There's something coming out of the ashes. It's going to be beautiful. It looks like rubbish right now. You can't even tell what it is. You see a pile of ash. You don't know, was that a chair? Was that a tree? You don't know what that, even what it was. But the Lord's saying it doesn't matter if you can't even discern anything that was there. You might have loved it. You might have cherished it. And now it's just reduced to nothing but ashes. But I'll give you something beautiful for that. I'll give you beauty for ashes. Don't, hey, don't ever say, well, that's it. It's over. We'll just got to find a new town. I'll give you beauty for ashes. I just got to find it. Uh-uh. God will give you beauty for ashes. It might be burned right now, but God is a restorer. God is a God of, of building the waste places. He puts things back together. He makes all things new. God will take care of it today. He will give you beauty for ashes. Sometimes we want to turn around and just leave the ashes, just take them to him. Take what's been burnt, take what's been destroyed. He said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness. 
God wants people to see you. The Bible says we know a tree by the fruit it bears. He wants people to know, He wants the world to know who His people are. And see, they're going to know sometimes by what we're going through. They're going to know sometimes that we didn't run. We didn't quit. We didn't surrender. We didn't back up. We didn't walk away. We, we just kept going. It, it hurt. It was awful. It was a mess. It was a mistake. It was ashes. But it's going to be beautiful. If I can just trust God. What he said, there's some preaching and some proclaiming going on right here. The Lord said, I, I've got to preach something into your spirit. I've got to proclaim something over you. And, and you but you've got to accept it. If I can't trust his word, he said, I'll comfort all that mourn. I don't know that Jesus said this. I won't leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. But sometimes even with the Holy Ghost inside of us, our heart gets broke. We grieve. We get hurt. It happens. And we're like, I think people read that, what Jesus said, and think, I'm going to be like superhuman with no feelings. And nothing will ever hurt me. Nothing will ever bother me. Uh, nothing. That ain't true. And it don't mean you lost the Holy Ghost if it break, broke your heart. It don't mean you lost the Holy Ghost if it hurts your feelings. Uh, if you get angry, it don't mean you lost the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you get betrayed, that don't mean the Holy Ghost left you. It didn't. But comfort will come from his word oftentimes. That's why he said, I'm preaching because some of you are in captivity, but I'm proclaiming liberty. I'm preaching good tidings. I'm binding up broken hearts. I'm proclaiming this liberty to the captives. Open a prison to those that are bound. I know some of you are bound, even with the Holy Ghost, but I'm telling you that God will open the door. You're bound by heartache and disappointment and disillusionment. And, 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 but I'm telling you that God will open that door. And you're like, you know, Paul and Silas, and we do, you know what we got for preaching? We got beat and thrown in prison. You know what we got for serving God? We got beat and thrown in prison. But they didn't get bitter. They started singing and praising God and praying. Earthquakes, doors flying open. People getting baptized and saved. And somebody taking care of their wounds. God will bring beauty out of ashes. God's got something. It won't always be ashes. Something beautiful is coming. But if you can't believe that, what a long, sad life this is going to be. You have got to believe that God is for you. And if God be for you, hello, and if God be for you, who can be against you? What can be against you if God is for you? Victory is going to rise up out of the ashes. Our brother Job found himself at a loss. Scripture said he lost his flocks, his herds, and then he lost his children. And while he sat in the dust, crying, worshiping God. His body gets attacked. And he's got boils all over his body. And I've never had a boil, so I don't know if they hurt or if they itch. They sound nasty. 
It sounds like something that would ooze. If some people like watching them things get popped, you know, that's a big thing today. But when his body is attacked and his health is attacked and he's, uh, you know, he didn't ask for it. Matter of fact, God gave him a great, a great testimony. The Lord told Satan, he said, have you considered Job? Ain't another one like him in the land. Fears God, hates evil. Perfect and upright. I mean, just rolling off. Yeah, but you move your hand and he'll curse you to your face. And so they tried it. Job didn't ask for it. In verse 2, or chapter 2 and verse 8, it says that Job sat down among the ashes. When everything was gone, his children, his herds, everything that had gave him his wealth was gone. His wife, just another verse later, tells him to curse God and die. His body is, you know, he's, he's hurting, sores, itching, hurting, stinking, whatever. It says he went and sat down in the ashes. And that is where Job stays for almost the entire book. When you're reading everything that Job is saying, he's saying it out of the ashes. But you ever notice we quote a lot of what Job said out of the ashes. And though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's a quote from the ashes. I can't perceive him, but I know he knows the way I take and when he has tried me, I shall be gold. That's a quote from the ashes. With bowls on his body and ashes under his body. And his loved ones dead. And his flocks and herds gone. And his wife not even having his back. His friends giving him a hard time. Out of the ashes, I hope to God when I find myself in the ashes that I'll have a word of faith. Job knew, I cannot let go, even in this, in my integrity. I've got to hold on to what got me here to start with. I've got to hold on to my integrity. I've got to keep, even in the ashes, I've got to keep speaking faith. I've I, I got to keep saying, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I've got to keep trusting God. And then in Job 42 and 12, we find these words. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 she donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. That's the man that was sitting in the ashes. That was the man that had lost it all. That was the man that had lost everything he counted on, things that he loved, things that he cherished. That was, this is what happens from the ashes. You know, the scripture said he'll give you beauty for ashes. It said that Job's daughters were so beautiful there weren't any can compare to them in the land. They were so beautiful. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. It may look like the end of all things. It may look like 
It'll never be anything. But I'm telling you today that God will give you beauty for ashes. He got back his stuff in abundance. He got back people, sons, daughters in abundance. Said he lived 140 years and saw four generations. Said he lived to be an old man. 140, that's old. That came out of the ashes. Before I close, let me just go back to David for a minute. So David, out of the ashes, begins to encourage himself in the Lord. And this time, this trouble, this turmoil, instead of just doing what he knows to do, hey, let's, let's mount up, get your swords, get your spears, let's go kill these people. Let's go do what we know we can do. We're mighty men of valor regardless of anything. But instead of just going to what he, his first knee-jerk reaction probably was, because let's find them. We can track them. We'll find them. Let's kill them. Let's get our... But instead, David said, find me, and he fought. Find me a place to pray. And they brought him an ephod, and he began to inquire of the Lord. In his time in the ashes, in his weeping and stress and grieving, it pushed him not to battle, but it pushed him to seek God. And he began to seek God in prayer and, and talk to God and ask God things. And, and, and he said, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered and said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. David, leave these ashes behind and follow my voice. Leave these ashes behind and follow my instruction. Listen to what I'm telling you today. Listen to my words, David. Listen, my words forever settled. I cannot lie. I'm faithful and true. Listen to what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm trying to help you today. I want you to hear me, saint. I know that whatever you're going through is so horrible and real and awful. I, I get it. I understand that part of it. I do not diminish your trial or your test. But I'm telling you, this is not the final resting place of God's people. We're not just going to sit here among the ashes until we die. We're not just going to sit here and not have our stuff. We're not going to let the things that God gave us just be taken away with no regal. God will give you an answer. And he told David, you pursue them. You're going to overtake and you will, without fail, recover all. And I'll tell you, in case you're wondering, is what God said true? Did it work? We'll just go over to verse 18. And it starts out and says, And David recovered all. The last sentence in verse 19 is, David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds, which uh, were drove before those other cattle, and he said, This is David's spoil." He didn't just get his stuff back. He got their stuff. He got the enemy's stuff. He got more stuff. He got life and he got it more abundantly. He got stuff back. He left the ashes behind and went and got victory. He, he, he was victorious out of the ashes. But if he had stayed where the ashes are, he don't get nothing. But that's why I'm telling you, God is true today and every promise in the book is true and, and God will do what he said he will do. But we have got to seek God and push to find what God wants and, and follow the direction of God. Some things will have to be 
rebuilt by us after we get what God wants us to have. Verse 26 says that David came back to Ziklag. They came back, and guess what? There wasn't no houses, wasn't no crops, wasn't no barns, wasn't no buildings. But the people were there that could rebuild. The people that could put it back together. The people that could live together. The people, their, their families were there to, to comfort one another, to be there for one another. They got what was important back. And they all came back to where the ashes were to build again. There's some things that we'll just have to build again because they're out of our life. But God will give you something beautiful out of the ashes. It's not over for you. It's not over. It's not over. Ashes are messy. You ever been scooping ashes out of a fire pit of dust flying it's getting in your face getting in your mouth getting in your eyes it's, it's, it's all over you it sticks to you if you're sweating it's all over you it's just grimy and yeah it's bad but God will give you something beautiful out of the ashes you can come to the music darling David found out of the ashes encouragement 